Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans. You've arrived at DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode number 154. I am your host, Seth Singleton. I'm here with the amazing, the irreplaceable, Mr. Brad Flicky. Brad, how are you doing this year? I'm doing well now that you gave me all those kind words. I appreciate that. <laughs> My pleasure. Doing? Uh, doing well, man. Recovering from the jet lag. Spent a little time in uh, Virginia and uh, nice. travel, man. It's just it's just rough on the body. It does things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. glad to be yeah. here. So grateful Josh put together this amazing list of stories. As you know, we go through movies, TV, streaming, comics, sometimes a little other and uh, along the way, you get to hear some fun insights because Brad knows a lot of stuff and I like to talk about what Brad knows. So shall we get to it? Yes, 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 we shall. Leading off our movie news. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a few titles in the discussion because D.C. has shifted all of its dates, all of its dates. Well, let's dig in, shall we? Brad, would you? Think about this news and what we learn. Oh, man. I, you know, some weeks I'll say what my favorite story is, but this is my least favorite story. Oh, man, it is a bummer. Uh, you know, especially in regards to The Flash being pushed back six months until next uh, next June, or not next June, sorry, June of 2023. Um, you know, I, 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 I come to this as a fan, not not a business person behind the scenes. So I can't really say what's going on in Warner Brothers that would want to make them to do this, but to put, uh, you know, maybe a, a positive spin on these delays is the fact that maybe once they saw how much of a success the Batman has been, that they decided to do a little shifting to maybe integrate the Batman more into, um, you know, the continuing DC extended universe and in, in films somehow, whether it be, you know, in post credit scenes, most likely. Um, and that would make the most sense for the flash because the flash is dealing so much with the multiverse. Uh, and I think that maybe they moved the Shazam up because they did want a DC holiday movie in there. And I, I think that makes sense. Uh, Shazam makes uh, a, a great idea for a family movie that it th- you know, everybody can go see when they're home for Christmas and things like that. So I think that that makes sense. Um, why they would move back Super Pets, though, is is anyone's guess. Um, yeah, so it's just, oh, man, I just I hate that I have to wait six more months for for the Flash. Um, you know, and filming's been done a while, so, you know, I just, you know... I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be positive about it. Uh, but the new, just so the listeners know, DC League of Super Pets is now being released July 29th of this year. Uh, Black Adam has moved back to uh, October 21st of this year. Shazam! Fury of the Gods has been moved up to December 16th. Uh, Aquaman has been pushed back till uh, March 17th of uh 23 and the flash has been pushed back till june 23rd of 23 so what was what was your take on this so yeah thinking over you know the different things that you described i mean one yes shazam makes sense for a christmas movie it just it just does (laughs) it's a great family movie it's a great um it's 
great opportunity. The other decisions feel like they have something to do with the response to Batman. What it could be, I, I agree. I'm certainly not one with the finger on the pulse of the, uh, you know, the movie industry, let alone behind the scenes. But it definitely feels as though there was a reassessment. Now, you know me. I love to put up the, uh, the uh, House of L and, and just sort of be like, hold on, hold on. Where could it be good? And for this one, I, I lean into uh, the one detail that describes how, you know, visually effects heavy. A couple of these projects are now granted dc league of super pets does not fall into that um <laughs> mm-hmm. so why it's being pushed back i feel has to do something more with an optimum timing thing i can't imagine what but it could be something that speeds out of spins up to you know has something to do with other titles that are being released from other uh, movie companies uh plans for hbo max but i'm also thinking that when it comes to going back to that visual effects idea, I think there could be an opportunity for them to take advantage of a budget option that was only going to be available if the Batman did a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. or projected so. And then they could say, okay, we can reasonably invest a certain amount into each of these movies more than we originally thought, which means we can, you know, bring up some ideas, use some footage, apply some special effects that maybe were, you know, teetering. So that's my my initial yeah, thought. It gives them an opportunity to go and invest a little bit more. And I I can sacrifice time for quality. I'm I believe in that. So I have also, you know, a reassurance with the idea that this gives them enough time to invest in all the possibilities that might be available now that they've had positive results from the Batman. And I like your idea about bringing the Batman more into the other movies in some way, shape or form, however it might be. And what this extra time could give for them to do that. We're talking about how important the Flash is going to be with the multiverse. So that also makes sense to me to push it further down the line. Because that's kind of, you're going to want that to be your statement movie about the multiverse, about the omniverse. Before you move into what I feel is going to be the stage that comes out of it. So it it makes sense in that way. I hope it's all for all those positive reasons. But <laughs> I can give you right now is my hope that that's what's happening. Uh, any final thoughts before we shift on? Because, well, you know us in uh, movies. We we got But any uh, final thoughts about the shift dates or anything like that? You know, I I, I think that if uh, they don't find a way to integrate the, the Batman world into the broader DC films, I think that they're making a mistake. Um, people really responded well to the movie. And, you know... I had said before on the podcast that Warner Brothers must be very confident in this movie. They're putting so much behind it. And, um, you know, and the finished product, you know, was amazing. But it was kind of a risky take on Batman. I, you know, so maybe that does make sense if they wanted to wait see how Batman did before they went ahead. And now that, like, you know, and I, I think you brought up a good point with maybe now they would have more budgets to play with in these films. So. Yeah, and, and uh, as somebody who plays video games, uh, I'm, I am all too familiar with dealing with delays, and I would rather have a better movie and wait longer than get something that's that um, isn't what it could possibly, you know, doesn't reach its full potential. So I'm willing to wait. It's just a bummer because I really was looking forward to seeing The Flash this year. Um, that was 
definitely in my top five most anticipated movies of the year. Such so is the bummer that we're going to have to wait, um, you know, six more months for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, just fingers crossed and it'll be worth the wait. Right. Have a little faith. Have some hope in the meantime. Find ways to fill time. And if you like filling your time with puzzles and such, well, guess what? The Batman viral site known as Ratatalata, which I have no way of knowing if I ever will pronounce correctly, let alone if that was even close. But it was a fun thing to say. Say it with me. One, two, Ratatalata. That's right. That's right. All right. So <laughs> Ratatalata has finished processing. It is rewarding a zip file of goodies. You can go and click on a link. And Brad, what what are we doing now to fill our time? First, it's Wordle. Now, uh, Ratatalata. Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this kind of viral marketing is a lot of fun. And now that we are most likely going to be getting a sequel and television series, as we'll talk about in a bit, uh, this this site is kind of fun way for them to do viral marketing, give us little hints. Uh, You know, you have his journal, you have photos. So it'll be a cool way to just give us hints and drops of stuff that's going to happen in the upcoming movies and and TV series. So, yeah, I I think that they're going to have a lot of fun with the site. And I think it's a a smart idea. Uh, What about you? I think it's a lot of fun. And I, I mean, I, I love the idea of creating this, you know, here we've got a website where you can go and there's things. And and in our second in our follow up story to this, we also have the announcement that there's a new Riddler puzzle, um, an image up on the site spelling out Gotham loves a comeback. Um, wh- what did you think about the fact that not only is this a place where you can go, but it looks like. There could be more updates potentially teased throughout on the site. Yeah, I think, you know, um, what I like about it is it's kind of, um, you know, mysterious because the the article itself kind of says that, oh, it points to a to a sequel. But I think it could equally point to the Penguin series or something else that they may want to announce. Um, So. That's kind of what makes this kind of fun is that, you know, putting the pieces together and following these little breadcrumbs that they'll leave. Um, I, I I hope that they keep this up and I hope that we have these stories to talk about um, as we get closer to things like the Penguin series and things like that. So, yeah, you know, it, it's cool. But I think that it uh, poses more questions than answers. Uh, what about you? That's one of the best parts, right? You you know yeah. that it can keep providing that sort of, you know, what does it all mean? And then, of course, at some point, look back and go, by the way, there's an added clue. It's in each one of them. Can You know what I mean? Like, you can have so many different funds mixing this up for folks. And I love that you've just set up a great teaser as we go into our ad break before TV and streaming news. Because if you haven't heard, you might have just overheard. Well, not really overheard because he was saying it directly to you. But Brad was just talking about penguin series yeah yeah that's right we have more on that it comes after the break i know that rana talata has puzzles has mysteries could be pointing to all sorts of fun things uh sequel um other clues that go back to the movie that could mean opportunities for fans to get really excited about plot points for upcoming said sequel or the thing brad was just talking about that's right penguin spinoff ad break then we're back with it this is Seth Singleton 
from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And ad break. Did I not promise ad break would be boom? And here we are. We're at TV streaming news. You're listening to DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode, 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 that's a fun word, (laughs) episode number 154. Like moments like that, I almost feel like you have to take advantage of because you might have just created a word. Could be my own like Shakespearean. If someone's copying down all these times I mispronounce words and create my own language, can you send it to me? Because I would love to maybe see if I could just have a little bit of the bard's flair. Anyways, I'm here with Brad Felicki. He's trying to keep me on track. And thankfully, right before we went into the ad 
break. Uh, <laughs> he was talking about Penguin spinoff series, which for me was just like, how does this man magically tease so well? Just like floats it in there. Is it because he's flicky fashions? Is it something to do with subtlety? I'll never understand. Well, let's get past all the mystery and get to the story. That's right. HBO Max has officially ordered a Penguin spinoff from the Batman. Brad, that, you you teased it, man. Give it to you us. know, I I love the idea that um, it's not a prequel, like it takes place uh, after the movie, because I think that there's so much you can do, um, and I and I don't want to get spoilery for the Batman itself, but there's a lot of there's a lot of villains and antagonists other than the penguin that can be used. And we all love Colin Farrell's performance. Uh, <clears throat> I think he surprised everybody. Um, so unrecognizable. And it seems like everybody's really into it and behind this project. And, oh man, and uh, you look how good Peacemaker was. So, uh, you know, I I, I I think it's in good hands. I think that um, uh, it's good that it's going right to series. And I think that uh, that they have a pretty good idea of what is going to happen and they have it plotted out. So hopefully that means production can start soon and it can get to us on the sooner side. So, yeah, I I'm excited about this and I'm excited to go back to that version of Gotham City. Uh, and, and I like the idea that we will be able to stay there longer, you know, in a series rather than a movie. So there's other angles and parts of the city that we can explore. So, yeah, I, I'm behind this 100 uh, percent. What about you? It's such a great idea. And I love that I can come to it as the fan who hasn't had a chance to see the Batman yet. I was traveling when it was released um, somewhat uh, rural, obscure part of Virginia where there is very little access to theaters and um you know and other priorities at the time so it was actually kind of fun when i got back um flew in and my wife and i were talking and she goes so uh you know you want to see the batman and i was like well of course i do but i usually wait for things like this to show up on hbo max or something because unless you want to see it eh, it kind of loses the point for me you know what i mean like that's who i see movies with now <laughs> at least for the last 12 years of my life and uh, it just sort of makes sense if I'm going to see a movie, I'm going to see it with her. So the fact that she's interested, something like triggered all these reminders. I was like, that's right. Christian Bale, when the motorcycle does the thing with the wall, you actually thought that was hot. And she's like, oh, yeah, I love a good mm -hmm. Batman. I was like, that's right. And 89. So I'm looking forward to the chance that we'll get to see it. But as a fan who hasn't seen it, yet, there's a great thing about the story, which makes me already anticipate his performance. You know, you can hear what others are saying. But also knowing that there's enough interest generated to have the spinoff, knowing it's a character who, I mean, Cobblepot's got his fingers in everything. So you not only get a chance to see how that can be explored with the characters that you've already hinted at, but also with characters that we know and love from Gotham who could make their first appearances through a spinoff like this. And like you said, look, look at what we did with Peacemaker. Look how we brought to life Vigilante and some other great characters. And, you know, even got to have a fun little bit of, you know, ribbing with uh, some of the uh, the main ones there at the end of the series. So I think it's a huge opportunity. And I also love that spinoffs allow us to spin into our next story, which is itself about a spinoff. Matt Reeves teasing 
an Arkham Asylum spinoff. Um, now, again, this is fun for me because I haven't seen, but Brad, you can allude to maybe where you felt there might be some opportunities without, you know, tiptoeing over that spoiler line. What do you what do you have to share for us? Yeah, yeah, there are definitely, definitely um, just some cool stories that can be told in this version of uh, of Arkham for sure. Uh and when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that this story says that this is a possible third spinoff. But what I, I've heard rumblings, uh, you know, I don't know how much take it with a grain of salt, I guess, but that the um, the police, the Agatha police series has kind of morphed into this Arkham series. So we may still be getting only two, but um Man, uh, once you'll see it, you'll see that, yeah, this could be a really, a really cool thing. It's something that I would be super excited for, uh, you know, as well, because, um, yeah, I mean, Matt Reeves' vision is incredible. And, uh, again, exploring that world is a lot of fun. So, yeah, 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 can't wait. So what about you? Yeah, I'm intrigued as well, because I have heard similar, you know, theories, suggestions, possibilities about how direction and response led to alterations in what was expected to be the uh, spinoffs from the Batman. I'm also intrigued with the possibility that they could just be doing a little bit of card shuffling with this. You know what I mean? Like the uh, I can't think of the street game, but you got the three cards and something's hidden under one of them. Oh, and three uh, card Molly. Right. So this concept, you know, of, well, what if there's an opportunity to draw in some audience where we know we've already got some appeal with two directions? One, where you've got the Penguin spinoff. Two, you could move it then into a great handoff into uh, Arkham, followed by then that buildup, which then leads us to some introductions in both series to members of the GCPD, only to then have a GCPD series spin out at the end, sort of like you've seen sort of how things work on the criminal side. Now you get to see how the police handle. It, it could be we do only get two series, but I also like the idea that they could just be moving things around based on what they're seeing and opportunities. I also think this could be a great response to how the numbers did, what they're thinking on budget. Like, hey, we had some things that we didn't even want to suggest, you know, like that great line from Gladiator. There's a dream that was wrong, but it was like a whisper, you know, or you'd make it disappear. Well. Same idea here, you know, he's like, you don't even want to tempt fate by saying it. But now maybe there's a chance. And uh, it, it looks like to me, just keeping with that rhythm, that that could be a theme we're seeing in other things. Because our next story talks about how CW's Gotham Knights just added three more actors to its cast. I mean, clearly confidence in this project moving forward. Brad, what do you think about this announcement and uh, any insights? You know, I... I love that they're continuing the casting. Um, I am not familiar with the actor's work, but I am intrigued by the characters they will be playing. Uh, this is kind of one of those stories um, where they kind of bury the lead because it kind of gives us a little bit more of an outline of what the show is about. So I'm just going to read this from the story, the, this kind of like rundown of what the series is about, because I think it's it's very it could be a very cool story. Uh, in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder, his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies. 
uh, when they are all framed for killing uh, the Cape Crusader. As the city's most wanted criminals, the renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no Dark Knight to protect it, the city descends into a most dang- the most dangerous it's ever been. Uh, however, hope comes from the most unexpected places, uh, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors. That seems like a very cool premise to me. So, yeah, I, I really hope this does go go to series. And, of course, they, they mentioned, well, it has no connection to Batwoman, even though it's some of the same writers. And uh, I, I think that you know, going into this first season, that could be the case, but they might, um, like with some other CW shows, they might find ways to integrate it. Like maybe they said the same thing about Naomi and that, you know, we'll see if that gets integrated because, you know, Black Lightning did after a while, uh, Supergirl did. So um, I, I think it would be cool to try to tie, tie it all in uh, together somehow. Uh, what about you? Definitely. I think there's some great opportunities here. And as you mentioned, they do bury the lead because we do get to find out about uh, Turner Hayes and, you know, that he's been adopted. His biological parents were also killed. Uh, He wants to clear Bruce's name, but he has issues with the wealth that comes with the Wayne family name. Uh, And then, of course, there's who he's going to be dealing with, Duella Dent uh, (laughs) and uh, and uh, Navia Robinson as Carrie Kelly. So, you, you've got this interesting mix, but I also love that you've also got, you know, this great, what I feel is uh, foundation in the Batwoman writers. They've really done an amazing job with uh, season two and now into season three. I mean, critically re- regarded and acclaimed, taking that that same sort of, you know, understanding of what they've been able to do with Batwoman and, and bring out a, a narrative with these characters in Gotham Knights which they've already done for CW. I, I think they've got a, a great understanding of how to make the uh, the story fit with what we know about the CW style. Also, CW loves to go ahead and do like really great things, you know, like bringing characters we never expected and uh, do some fun stuff like that. So I feel there's always some great opportunities. I feel like this is just the beginning of news that we're going to enjoy about Gotham Knights. Um, and I'm, I'm mostly intrigued because I... I know that there's this uh, interest for, as you pointed out, how could this be tied in? Also, wouldn't it be kind of fun if this would be a tie-in to the uh, Green Arrow spinoff we were hoping for with uh, with uh, yeah, Oliver exactly. Queen and Mia's daughter? You know, if, if it would yeah, be a yeah. future set series and we could bring them in some way and... Who knows? I mean, I you know me. I love to speculate. It's always a bit of fun. Why not have a good? Yeah, time that's with that's it? half the fun of being a fan of this stuff is speculation. At least for me, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's it's always it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, as long as it's not vengeful. Like now that I've come up with this, you must do what I asked for, or else I will despise whatever you create. No, that's 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 the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> but I I love the fact that you know we can consider, and they give us just enough to sort of like chew on, just enough. However, if you're looking for something to actually like sink your teeth into, yeah, we've got the new Flash synopsis and uh, maybe a teaser for Phantom Girl. Is it a teaser or are they just saying it pretending it's a teaser? What do you think, Brad? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I, I did, I, At the heart of this story, I just love the fact that um, Phantom Girl is going to be in it. Uh, and I hope that they tie it into the Legion of Superheroes that we've seen before in the Arrowverse shows, um, you know, it, it does, 
uh, it, it does seem an interesting setup for the character. Uh, it says that she is described as a reluctant meta-teenager who, after years of successfully hiding in plain sight, has her life turned upside down when she becomes a subject of Iris West Allen's latest investigation uh, for CC uh, Citizen Media. So, you know, that's an interesting setup because that could uh, that could make her an antagonist if she has a lot of anger at the West for being kind of exposed. So, yeah, I think there's some cool angles they can explore. And it's it's fun to have the the Legion in, you know, back in uh, in, in any way. Uh, what about you? I think it would be a lot of fun. I mean, come on, what a great opportunity to have a Brainiac 5 make it a quick little pop in at some point. That would be adorable. Um, Phantom Girl is a really fun character, and I, I like the way they're presenting her in this story. And also, as you mentioned, the different um, elements that they can include when it comes to the uh, the part where she becomes involved in the media through Ivers West, the consequences of that, the, the, the world that she's sort of... Uh, exposed to when she gained so much uh, popularity, <laughs> uh, visibility. You know, it's it's curious to see how that being thrust in will play out for. Um, but I'm really intrigued. I'm looking forward to what they have to uh, suggest for us, as well as the fact that we also have uh, what looks to be the season eight ending, potentially working as a series finale. Um, what did you think about this development, my friend? I think, um, you know, I think this is smart. Um, because, uh, everything is up in the air with, uh, with what's happening with CW now that it's up for sale. So I, I, I think these shows are going to survive. Um, but it's just a matter of where they're going to land and how long that's going to take. So if they finish up the season with a wrapped up story, um, they can continue it fresh and they continue it. They can continue it fresh a while down the road if they have to wait a while, you know, and then people won't lose sight of where they were in the story. So to me, I just think with what's going on, I think it uh, I, I think it's a very smart move. What about you? It's definitely a smart move. You know, you don't want to sort of bank on one thing and leave fans in a situation and the story and the characters where they're kind of in limbo until something happens. Whereas if you can, you know, create an opportunity to bring things to a close and potentially hint at something else or just bring it to a close, knowing that there's uh, another chapter that's been set up in some way without having to do any cliffhangery stuff. Um, it, it makes sense because, as you pointed out with the sale, there's a lot of questions right now. Grant Gustin's renewing, you know, or in the process of contract negotiations. But so much of that might hinge on stipulations about whatever the deal might be. So I can imagine that there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions and also a desire to uh, find a way to, to make this something that's going to work no matter how things end up shaking out right to to have a plan in place and as it's you know said in the article you know writers it's like look six seven eight you know i've known what's happening <laughs> and i've had a plan and that's why i'm writing two endings and we're gonna see what happens so i, I like the preparation i like what it means for fans and i like the chance that it could be a, a perfect setup to pause and then have things pick up uh, whenever they end up actually doing that yeah now 
Any other thoughts, my friend? <laughs> no, just yeah, I just thought I yeah, I, I feel with you. I think it's definitely smart. And uh I I I, I have a feeling that the other shows are gonna follow this lead. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm actually curious to see how they they you know address the same issue and try and set things up for us however they might and choose to. Now with things like this, you're always gonna have uncertainty. However, when it comes to things that are certain it's that i'm i'm confident let's say that i'm very confident that the peacemaker intro has only begun its metamorphosis into something far beyond what we've seen with fans imitating because now we actually have a lego video tribute featuring lego versions of the peacemaker cast doing the intro i watched it I'm in love with it. It could be my new ringtone. Brad, your thoughts? I oh, I love it. I I could watch the intro to Peacemaker on repeat all day and not consider it a waste of a day or a waste of time. And what can make that better? Legos. So good. So good. Um, I, you know, I don't. I'm assuming that these are all custom minifigures that they used in this animation instead of ones that were actually produced, but they are so well done. And if there aren't Peacemaker Lego sets, there should be. Um, But yeah, this is, I stick by this. This is a hill I will die on is that it's the best opening credit sequence to any TV show ever. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. What about you? Yeah, it it was brilliantly adorable. And if there were no plans for uh, Legos um, for Peacemaker, I'm fairly certain that someone is marketing. It's like, can we do this? Can we, when, how, just tell me when we do this, because we need to do this. Okay, get back to me, right? Like, I just feel like someone's like, it's so genius. We need to get this out there. We need to do this. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I could watch it all the time, sent off a copy to my wife, just like here, this will give you a chuckle. Cause that was one of her favorite parts. We always watch the intro every episode didn't matter. Um, and it was phenomenal. And, uh, <laughs> I love that, you know, it's sort of a lighthearted one before we get into uh, a really interesting one heading into our next break. And that is the uh, fact that the, titan star who will be playing uh brother blood our big bad in season four of titans just revealed an interesting tease about you know the process and uh what we can look forward to for his version of brother blood what did you think about this Brad? you know we just talked about how much fun it is to speculate and that's what's really fun about titans for me when we get to talk about it on on the podcast because they always introduce they always are introducing hey this character is going to be in it and it's and there's always so many characters introduced every season and it's kind of fun to wonder how are they all going to how is this all going to tie together and now we have our first kind of stories of that going into season four with brother blood and uh i i'm looking forward to it uh you know in the story uh it, it's pulling up here on one of those things where i want to kind of read it um See if I can find it in the story where he's talking about what the character is, um, that he's going to be complex and what was the word vulnerable. 
I think that sounds like a could be a fascinating villain uh, for this. So, yeah, um, Titans has gotten better every season. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they do uh, on season four. And Brother Blood makes a, a perfect villain. Uh, what about you? I definitely think uh, Brother Blood makes for a great villain. I, I like what uh, the actor, you know, describes, you know, about the origin that we'll see of Sebastian Sangi Sangue. Um, I, I'm curious because I'm not familiar with Joseph Morgan, but apparently he's done, you know, CW work for Vampire Diaries. Um, and also this sort of approach to the character that you mentioned about the vulnerable, because there's a suggestion that there could be another villain and it wouldn't surprise me if there was a villain we've already seen perhaps Slade perhaps Rose who would step in and potentially you know partner with but also in the process maybe manipulate someone like Blood during those moments that are vulnerable and lead to a really interesting conflict for a villain that the Titans already know uh, partnered with a villain who is new who they are probably going to need some time trying to figure out what they can do against him, how they can, you know, meet up against him, uh, what the consequences will be. I, I think it really, really, you know, like creates some great opportunities. And I'm curious just sort of what direction they can take us on. Like you said, it allows us to enjoy some of the best parts of speculating. And man, we'll give you an opportunity to do a little bit of that as we head into our second ad break. And then we come back because we have a little bit of toy news we have a little bit of comic book news, and it's all right here. Just hang out. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Buck, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. 
<laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. It was like a matter of seconds, wasn't it? I know, I know. And then you got all that great info, and here we are, and we're back. It's, yeah. DC Comics News, weekly podcasts. We're back with our comic book news and toy news segments. And the um, first we have on the comic book news side is DC has named the inaugural participants of the Milestone Initiative. Uh, Brad, what do you think about this announcement and all the things we can look forward to? Oh, this is this is really cool for them, what they get to do. Um, they, uh, oh, they get to, uh, you know, it begins on March first. Uh, sorry, March fifteenth, and it's uh, they get to go to the DC Burbank office to kind of network and become part of the community. I think that would be a really cool, fun thing to do. And networking is so important. A lot of it is who you know. So putting them in a room with a lot of these people is going to guarantee that um, they're going to get a leg up when they do try to really break into the industry. And then they get to go to um, Dover, New Jersey to the Kubert School. So, oh, this is this is really cool for all these people. And there are a lot of them, uh, you know, uh, I, I just think this is just a great way to discover some new talent. Uh, what about you? I think it's a it's an amazing program. I remember when it was first announced, how great it sounded, you know, just this huge opportunity to say, OK, look, how can we offer uh, <laughs> access you know, for new creators who are looking to come up and how can we make sure that we, you know, take advantage of this opportunity to do so through the excitement behind Milestone coming back, its recent return and relaunch, um, you know, and this desire for more and more creators to say, hey, we we want to be part of this opportunity to show our communities characters that look just like us, just like them that reflect as much of everyone who is out there that loves and reads comics, that they are there, you know, that they exist on the page in ways and places they can identify with, you know, so bringing in young creators, this, this new talent pool where you're like, wow, how many different places can they draw from? How many different things can they include? I remember seeing an announcement from one of them uh, from Cam, I think it's white, Cameron White and I was like yeah hi congratulations and all I could think of the first thing was like you have any characters you're already thinking about creating because I would imagine that would be like such an idea in the back of your head like yeah I'm gonna go check out this I'm gonna go check out you know all these different places and along the way like man what if I get to come up with characters what if I get to do all of that plus the fact that there's gonna be this investment from DC to follow up you know, like hey we uh we got a chance to show you some great things. We'd love to see what you're doing and, you know, what you want to uh, do with us. It, it's a great, you know, I, I love these things that I've seen in different communities, like uh, local professional soccer, or not local, but for the national teams. They've created a lot of these homegrown academies where they bring in players at young ages and they try and develop this, like, relationship with them so that as they get better, it's like, hey, you know, the stronger you get, the more opportunities we're looking for you to have a place on the team kind of an idea. And I really feel like this is what DC is doing 
with the uh, Milestone Initiative. I love the announcement. There's a huge list of names. Just type in, uh, you know, DC Milestone Initiative announcement, and you can pull up the list, take a look through, um, see somebody you know or whose story catches an interest or maybe even comes from your neighborhood. Give them a shout out. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. And, um, man, this is going to be fun. I mean, I really think, you know, we're looking at the next generation of great talents and the stories they could tell, you know, in D.C., in the Milestone universe, uh, maybe in Black Label. Well, I mean, <laughs> nothing yeah, better yeah. than, you know. Yeah, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to be really fun to follow their careers and see, you know, what this does for them. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I'm thinking of that, like that DC direct little magazine where they have the previews, have little like features in those where it's kind of highlights them and what they're doing. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that's going to be fun to see where these where these winners go from here. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be a great time. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll be involved in something as cool as our next story. The uh, the clash of Batman and the Watchmen in Flashpoint Beyond number zero. Ooh, gooey, gooey, gooey. Let's make it nice and chewy. Brad, what do you think about this story, my friend? Now, this is my favorite story of the week. Um you know, I was blown away uh, by Doomsday Clock. Uh, it was much better than I was expecting it to be. Jeff Johns really, really knocked it out of the park. And the fact that he's writing this and he's bringing back uh, Mime and Marionette, I, I can't, uh, I can't wait to 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 read this issue. Can't wait. Um, it, it, like I, I've said before, it's it's going to be one of those issues that I read when I'm in line to check out at the comic shop. Like I, I won't be able to wait until I uh, leave the store to to dive in. So yeah, I am I'm, I'm so excited, and I don't know if I would be as excited if it was any other writer than Jeff Johns uh, because he did he did so well with Doomsday Clock, but he's on board. So yeah, I can't wait. What about you? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. I mean, his work on Doomsday Clock was phenomenal. You know, it tied together so many threads. It, it played with time. It 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 gave us the Doctor Midnight that or Doctor Midnight, Doctor Manhattan, sorry, that we remember. You know, from the Watchmen, and it showed us his interaction with our world, the different elements that occurred, how many different threads we were able to follow. And I love the idea of coming back to. And like you said, Mime and Marionette, they were so compelling, right? They were just such interesting characters. So having them back again, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I also think that there's uh, some fun stuff the story mentioned, like the the chalkboard with the crossing out of 5G averted. And, um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. That was a nice little thing to throw in there. Right, yeah. And I also feel like there was something about the photo on the wall that almost gave me like feelings of the Rorschach series by Tom King. I don't know what it could be, but they show us three panels from a page from the sneak preview and the middle one where, uh, you know, you've got these crime fighters and I'm just looking at it, you know, and thinking to myself, why is it there's something about that that also feels like this very uh, sepia Rorschach sort of vibe to it? You know what I mean? Especially... Mm -hmm. Did you read Warshark? Yeah. Well, in fact, uh, yeah, whole... I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of about a quarter of the way through a reread of the hardcover. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, there's some stuff that, that I feel like there's these allusions to that, that feels like Johns and King are definitely sort of working around some similar areas here. And that was also compelling because I was like, I wonder, I wonder if King would come in on this for any reason. Just, just who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> plenty to speculate about this. Check out um, Flashpoint Beyond Number Zero to uh, see what's being said about this. And let us know what you think about what Brad and I were talking about. We're shifting gears into toy news because, man, oh, man, do we have pretty stuff for you and Joy. I can honestly say it was like three days ago. I just sat down and watched Snyder Cut again just because, just just because. Just and uh, it's a lot of fun for me to see that Iron Studios has announced uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League Superman statue. It's it's coming. Due to ship fourth quarter 2022. Oh, and I just saw the price tag. And now while I catch my breath, I leave you with Brad. Yeah, this is whew, not cheap. Uh, it is $9.99, not $9.99. $999. So it is a pretty expensive statue. Having said that, it is beautifully sculpted. And, um, you know, there are such hardcore fans out there of the Snyder Cut. I would not be surprised if this sells out. But I think this is one of those pieces that would be, you know, if you're going to display it, you're going to display it in a place where everybody can see it. It'd be like the centerpiece of, of a shelf or something. Uh, you know, it, it, sculpting is just incredible. It, it really looks like you're looking at a photograph of uh, a Superman in his his black suit. It's yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. What about you? Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I love the scale picture where they show the person kind of standing next to it, and you can see it's like, my goodness, that is not small. <laughs> it's yeah. tall. It's huge. It's gorgeously crafted. I mean, it's just masterful um exquisite it, it's it's superman in the black regeneration suit costume like everything you want know and love um it's it's really that good and yeah if if i wasn't worried about you know um potential harm to myself i'm joking um or at least threats or or things like that i would probably just scoop one up but you know that's actually like that's my rent right there that's one month's rent uh yeah i might have to rethink it but if you get one and you want to invite me over and put on a giant shelf and let me stare at it well reach out say hi <laughs> we leave you all the ways to do so <laughs> in the meantime should you be looking for something to invest in that's a little bit more on the budget friendly side well guess what that's right peacemaker funko pops are here they're bearing it all or a lot of it i mean um Let's just be honest. There, there is a pair of tidy whities, and beyond that, I turn it over to Brad. <laughs> yes, we have a Funko Pop, a Peacemaker in his undies and his tidy whities. <laughs> um, but we all know John Cena's great, but we all know the true star Peacemaker was Eagly, and we get an Eagly Funko Pop where he is holding the American flag. Oh, man, I love it. If I collected Funko Pops, this would be pre-ordered already. I love it. And we also get um, one where Eagly is hugging Peacemaker, which is great, too, because that was, that, you know, 
I love the the hugging scenes with Eagly. So that one's great. And we get Judo Master. And I never thought I'd live in a world where not only would we get a vigilante pop, but the vigilante pop would be holding a chainsaw. So all oh, these are great. If you are a fan in any way of the show, you are going to love these. If you're a fan of Funko Pops in any way, you're going to love these. So uh, it's a win-win. What about you? Well, Eagly is just a guarantee. And Eagly hugging Peacemaker is just, well, it's phenomenally adorable. Yeah, you're going to want it. Now, it's true also. John Cena just loves to dance around in tidy whities Suicide Squad, he did it. Peacemaker, he does it. The man just is comfortable. And he's happy. And should you like to remember either of those moments, you can do so with these Funkos. You can do so with Eagly in the flag or Judo Master, who is just adorable in his pose. I mean, I think he actually looks taller as a Funko Pop than he does on the show. And yeah, man, Peacemaker with a chainsaw. Like, yes, Brad, it is a wonderful time to be alive. And it's all here for us. And you know what? We should enjoy and take advantage of it as much as we should, you know, consider taking advantage of another fun financial investment. How far up the scale are we talking? Oh, we'll get to that. What are we talking about? Hot Toys announcing the Bat Cycle from the Batman. Brad, what do you think? Man, I, you know, I'm going to go back again to say that um, it is so well sculpted and put together. One thing that I love about this toy is that it makes me see how cool the design of the Bat Cycle really is, um, because I, I feel like I can see it in, in new ways and new detail that I couldn't see in the film. And I just I absolutely love, love the design of this motorcycle. And again, it's just sculpted so well. It's like, you know, at some point it's like looking at a photograph. Um, yeah, I think that if you are in any way interested in Batman toys, you're definitely going to want to get your hands on this. Uh, what about you? Oh, you definitely are. I mean, my goodness, the opposable stands, the fact that you've got lights that light up, um, yeah. you know, everything from the heads up display or uh, sorry, the, the headlight heads up display headlight and a rear light signal. Um, you know, you can get into different poses. I mean, it's it's pretty phenomenal it's it's gorgeously crafted it's i don't even want to know how expensive this one is because it's you know just don't think about money when you buy it everything will be fine and i didn't tell you to do that that's just my suggestion of how to deal with it how you cope is completely up to you no opinions here represent dc comics news all opinions are my own um, and should you feel like, you know, we haven't talked enough about just all the things you can spend money on, we've got one final one here for you, McFarland Toys. That's right. Another one who simply guarantees that your money will be invested, not just spent, has opened up pre-orders on uh, The Flash and Godspeed figures. Are you kidding me? Ah, man, I am so in trouble. All right, while I... <laughs> Figure out how much of my skin and blood I have to sell. Brad, what did you think about this, man? I just, you know, um, man, we, we talk, you know, a lot about McFarlane toys uh, these days because they've been doing so much DC action figures. And I just love the idea that they have the whole multiverse to explore. So if it's any kind of obscure character, you got it. Not that the Flash is obscure, but it's kind of cool because we get a season seven Flash, so... 
Uh, it's centered on the CW show. Um, and Godspeed is the um, rebirth version. So you get different kind of versions of the character. But also what's cool is it kind of highlights the timeless design of these characters and how cool these costumes are. Because the Godspeed isn't that different than what we saw in the show. And and the Flash figure isn't too different than what we see in the comics. So it just makes you realize how, you know, how perfectly conceived these costumes and looks of these characters are and McFarlane toys just such, does such a great job. Um, you know, I don't collect toys, but if I did, I think McFarlane toys would be my go-to. What about you? Without question. I mean, if, if I could justify the amount it would cost and the insurance I would want to take out after I own said toys <laughs> that I want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but man, what a lovely investment. What a beautiful you know, display of art you can have on your walls just with these options. If it's something that you do invest in, can invest in, can enjoy, um, enjoy it, you know, do it for the rest of us. We uh, we're grateful to you that uh, you're giving these places home and you can continue to inspire these creators to showcase these wonderful things that the rest of us we're going to enjoy dreaming about. Who knows? Maybe even get our hands on it every once in a while. Um, I think it's a great way to uh, wrap things up for us, thinking about just how many great places there are to enjoy DC comics, stories, characters, figures, events, opportunities. Um, they're all there for you, for us. Let us know which ones catch your attention the most. We talked about a lot of stories today. And should you want to follow up with us individually or as a group, we're going to give you a couple of options to consider. First, going to start things off with my good friend, Mr. Brad, Brad, where can the good people find you? Should they like to follow up on any of the topics you were sharing on today? You, know, you can find me writing news and reviews, dccomicsnews.com. Uh, uh, you can also find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at DC Comics News on the website, writing reviews. You can find me here at the DC Comics News Podcast Network, hanging out on the weekly basis with Mr. Brad, with the rest of the gang, however we can get, whoever we can get. And uh, find me uh, just a part of a great community. Grateful to be here. Should you want to reach out to us as a team, you can do so on your favorite social media platforms. The best thing I recommend is uh, wherever you're at, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. Just go ahead and use the at symbol, DC Comics News. Let us know what you're thinking, and we can get back to you about any thoughts, comments. You can also subscribe to us so you never miss an upcoming episode of the weekly podcast, uh, original programming like I Am The Night, The Spinner Rack, Mad Love, and so many others. All you have to do is subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you're all set to go. And that's it. This has been episode number 154 of the DC Comics News Podcast uh, Weekly. We'd love to send you off with one final reminder. Until next time, and that is to always read more comics. Comics. Ah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You guys take care now.